As we journey through Advent together, each Sunday we are thinking about a character or narrowing in on a piece of our Christmas story. So last week we heard from Mary, and today we're going to think about Joseph. Now Joseph doesn't really get any airtime at all in our Bible. Um, we don't hear any of his words. We hear about his, what he does and how he responds but we never hear his voice. Isn't that interesting that in the context of our Bible, we often hear from the male people who are influential in the biblical narrative. They have a lot to say. They share their perspective. We hear of their feelings. We know of what they're thinking of and how they arrive at their conclusion um, for being faithful or not. But yet, in Joseph's case, he simply is a presence. He's not even mentioned at all in Mark or John. And in Luke, it's just a passing phrase. Oh, you know, Joseph, Mary's husband. So in Matthew, in our text today, in Matthew 1, is the only place that we hear of Joseph's story, the father of the Messiah. You know, it makes me wonder why Joseph's story was never recorded, at least in his own voice. Well, maybe because it didn't really need to be. When we think about Joseph and we think about and come to understand his character, we think about his obedience to God. We think about his faithfulness to follow God. And we also think about the ways in which he is merciful, in particular with Mary. He willingly ex extends this grace to Mary when he finds out that even though they were engaged and had not been together, she was pregnant with the Holy Spirit's child. So in response, as we know the story goes, Joseph decides to just dismiss her quietly, to just say, it's okay, we'll just end this in a way that is quiet and she can continue as a single mother and her family can care for her and I'll just back away slowly. That was allowed in that time. But after he encountered God, after he received the dream where God said, name this boy Jesus, he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. As a result of that moment, it seems as if Joseph wakes up, takes a deep breath, and just says, yes, God. You know, God knew that Jesus needed a father figure. We understand that Jesus is fully human and fully God, and that God, our creator, our redeemer, our sustainer, God, the one who is the God of the universe— is Jesus's father. But as Jesus was being raised in the context of culture of the day, within the family understanding, God didn't desire for Jesus to appear to be raised by a single mother. It was God's intention to choose Joseph as Jesus's father. So despite the complications, despite all the uncertainty and the details of the pregnancy, 
Joseph says yes, not thinking about what the friends will say, not thinking about what his own family will question. You know, Joseph lived into his role as Jesus' father, knowing that he was not fully his father. Think about that. Joseph poured into Jesus' life, fully supporting Mary, providing for them both, protecting them from danger. He raised Jesus, taught him the family trade, and greatly influenced his understanding of God. He taught Jesus to be merciful and show grace, even in situations that were complicated and messy, even when he, he felt betrayed and utterly disappointed. He taught Jesus to embody forgiveness. He taught Jesus to be faithful to God's calling and, and to listen to God's voice. He taught him to say yes to God. God knew that God, what God was doing when God asked Joseph to raise God's son. So when we think about Jesus being called Emmanuel, God with us, I wonder if God is nudging us to become Emmanuel to others. Joseph embodied God's compassion. Joseph embodied God's forgiveness and grace and love for Jesus. What if we are also called to embody God as we encourage others in their faith journey and help others to understand who God is? As Christians united in the body of Christ, as the community who takes vows at children's baptisms, we understand that it's important for us to pour into the faith life of other people, to be Emmanuel, to have our faith in motion. So take a moment to think. Think about the children that we're surrounded by, the youth that we're surrounded by, our friends, our nephews, our nieces, our grandchildren, our very own children, our neighbors, our friends' children, the children in our church. How are we encouraging them in faith? How are we embodying God with them? How are we continuing to, st to tell the story of God and to help them live it as well? You know, relationships that go beyond our biology or understanding of our nuclear family, relationships with others who may be having moments of despair or confusion, or maybe are lacking figures in their lives that are powerful and encouraging. These moments and these relationships have lasting effects, and they shape who these people, these young people, will become. It helps them when they feel lost to be found, and when they feel like they are unheard, to know that they are being listened to. I need to tell you about Crazy Charlie. I grew up in youth, and Crazy Charlie was one of my youth directors. He was a father himself, and he took me in at a very impressionable time in my life. To this day, I still am thankful that he is one of my father figures. He taught me how to check my oil. He taught me how to drive a 15-passenger van. He taught me how to drive a straight drive. He taught me how to drive in the snow. There's a theme here because he's a mechanic. One of the greatest things he ever taught me was about my faith. He loved me unconditionally as one of his own children, and he had four, all around my age. He would do 
anything for me, drop anything he had going on, and drive across state lines to rescue me. He also showed me the importance and the value of servant leadership. He is the most humble person that you can ever meet, but serves with such a joyful heart. Hence the name, hi, my name is Crazy Charlie, is the way that he introduces himself to anyone. He showed me that serving God should be fun, not something that was scary or something that was filled with doubt and filled with guilt. He showed me the importance of continuing to show up, trusting that God would show up too. On his invoices at his mechanic shop, every single one of them he wrote, paid in full, out completely in his own handwriting. Because he was influenced so much by a sermon and a song in a church and a worship service that he remembers and he wants to remind everyone else that Jesus has paid it in full. Having him in my life shaped who I am today. It shaped my Christian faith. It showed me, he showed me, how to understand God. He lived God's story for me. And if I called him today, he would be there to encourage me, to show me unconditional love, and do the same for my children. That's how valuable relationships are like that. How is God leading you to be Emmanuel, God with us? How is God leading you to influence others, to show them the way of God in your own way? Joseph didn't speak in the Bible. Joseph showed his response by his actions. So I want you to think about that. I want myself also to think about that. Who are the children that are in my realm? Who are the young people in faith that I am being led to show the story of God to? You know, this story of Joseph is not without complications and disappointment and deep despair and confusion. And in our lives, this is something that we experience at one point or another, or we might be experiencing it right now. If you're in that place, rest in the knowledge that God is with you. And that just in the story of the creation of Jesus, our messiness, our complications, our dysfunction is something that God works in and through to make something beautiful. So let us trust in the knowledge of that peace.